You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome, Philly. To your favorite sports show, hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart, they're sexy, and they're all Philly. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome into episode number 42 of Babes on Broad. I'm Sam Wilson with my co-host Jesse Town and we are the Babes on Broad brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Make sure to give us a follow on all of the social medias at Babes on Broad on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can find me, Sam, at SamWills18 on Twitter and Instagram. And then you can find Jess at RunThisTown with an E13 on Twitter and at Jessica underscore town with an E on Instagram. Make sure to check out our YouTube channel, Babes on Broad. You can find all of our past live pregame shows, all this other stuff that hopefully we make content to put out there eventually. And then also our live pregame shows, which you can find this Sunday. We're back and we're doing it again. And hopefully it brings luck this time. And then also check out our website, babesonbroadpodcast.com. So this week, Jess, we got the battle of the state. Oh boy. We got Philly versus the Steel City. Did that hurt your knuckles? Sam just a little bit together and it's it I mean I could hear it on zoom so that had yeah a little bit fun fact though I beat all the boys in my seventh grade class in bloody knuckles so you're an animal (laughs) good animal Uh, but yeah so the Steelers coming off a random bye week due to the Titans COVID breakout and everything that's going on there Um, but the Steelers are are three and oh now They've played the Giants, the Broncos, and the Texans, who are, yes. I believe, 0 and 4, 0 and 4, and 0 and 4. Oh, I'm sorry. The Broncos are 1 and 3. That's my bad. Um, so 3 Correct. and 0, but there's a lot of bad teams in the NFL these days. But Ben's coming off of a year where he had he had Tommy John, didn't he? It was essentially Tommy John surgery. Yeah. And something similar. Year, but he's been playing pretty well he, he lost a little yeah. bit so he he's got a little more a little pep in his step this year actually yeah his stats are looking better than Carson right now he's got seven touchdowns already on the year and only one interception compared to what Carson's three four touchdowns with seven interceptions I think so far so I mean his stats on that you can't argue are looking better than Carson he's also just that veteran presence which we haven't really faced yet I'm trying to think of who we played, and it's oh, all been basically yeah. mediocre. Dwayne has quarterback who's gotten benched now. Um, Joe Burrow, who is a rookie. Nick Mullins, who then got benched for season yeah. in the fourth quarter. And, oh, my God, there's another. Oh, and Jared Goff. Jared Goff's a pretty decent quarterback, I guess. Um, yeah. I was like, but, I mean, he still I, doesn't I, have I, that. I blocked that week out of my memory because I could right. not remember who they played. But he's um, still not that, like, veteran presence so like I obviously Ben I feel like it's the most dominant quarterback that they're going to be facing so far 
And their offense isn't terrible. I mean, they have James Conner, who's had already two games over 100 yards rushing. Again, who did they play, really? And then Benny Snell's had um, a 100-yard rushing game. And then they have some weapons on the pass game, too, with Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, and then their tight end, Eric Abron. Is it Abron? Abron? Abron. Abron. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it'll be a, a good game. I think it'll be interesting. Um, you know, Carson already took it to Ben once in his career, so it's not necessarily – I mean, Ben's not what he used to be. I do think he's obviously, you know, come back from injury well so mm-hmm. far. Um, but, you know, uh, his stats look good, but stat schmats. Dak Prescott threw for 500 yards last week and took a fat L from the Browns. So – I don't care what the stats say, you know, and someone tried to say, you know, tried to throw that. Oh, Carson only threw for this many and Dak threw for this many. Well, Tom Brady threw for 500 yards in the Super Bowl, but the banners in Philadelphia, there are no consolation (laughs) prizes for a loss. Thank you very much. Um, But yeah, so I think, I mean, there's going to be a couple, you know, different keys to the game. One thing I think to note is in the Steelers injury front, TJ Watt didn't practice yesterday. So practice yesterday, meaning Thursday, the Friday practice reports have not come out yet as we're recording this right now. Um, TJ practiced on Wednesday. He did not practice on Thursday. Um, So waiting to kind of see what happened there. It was a knee thing. So not sure what's going on. Maybe just giving him a rest day if there was something kind of bothering him. I Um, imagine he would play just because they did have that extra like kind of bye week thing. Well, I guess it was now their bye week because they are playing during their original bye week, but unless I imagine he'll play. Or something. Yeah. Um, unless. But Wednesdays be. did not practice included Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Marquise Pouncey, Joe Hayden, Deontay Johnson, and Steven Tewitt. It was a combo of, I think, like Juju or Joe Hayden was sick. Ben Marquise and, were both non-injury related. And I think, or, and Juju as well. And then Deontay Johnson and Steven Tewitt were both injury related, but all of them are expected to be ready, fine, play Sunday. So the only question mark there is TJ Watt. The opposite side, <laughs> not as normal. Um, Rudy Ford and TJ Edwards both were put on IR after Doug said earlier this mm-hmm. week, they were going to miss some time. Um, and then again, as of Thursday's practice, both Avante and Alshon did not practice. Doug said today Alshon is out again, which is absolute BS because now it's going into week five. He chewed up a roster spot, is still chewing up one, could have started on the pup list or IR, but nope, Howie had to be an idiot once more and give give Alshon a roster spot. And I don't see him making a big difference when he comes back anyway. So this was just a waste of a spot in my opinion. I agree with that. Um, I think it's ridiculous that he took up a spot and is still just non-existent. Um, Deshaun has a chance of playing. Rodney McLeod was limited. Lane was limited in practice, but I think those are fine. They'll play. And yeah. then JJ Ortega, Whiteside, Fletcher Cox, Marcus Epps, Nate Herbig, and Jason Kelsey all were full yesterday and they'll be fine to go. So with all of these injuries still on the Eagles side and after coming off a win, which was a full team win against an actual decent football team, aside from maybe the quarterback position there, what are your keys to the game for the Eagles on both sides of the ball to be able to pull out a win against another decent football team? I think that it's not – I. well, I don't want to start with that because I'm going to give away my prediction before I even say anything. But I do think it's going to be a key factor 
of whether it's good for the Steelers or bad for them, but the buy that they got unexpectedly. I think that's going to be a key factor. Hopefully it hurts them because they didn't, like we said, they were three and oh, I mean, they played bad teams, but they kind of had it going and rolling. So hopefully it ends up kind of throwing them off of that three and oh train and we can give them their first loss. But on the offense, I think that Carson, we need to see what we saw last week from him of him scrambling, getting out of the pocket, especially with how good the rushing is from uh, the defensive side of the Steelers, because with this questionable O-line that we have. I mean, yes, they did good last week for what they were. It's going to be interesting to see them against somebody like T.J. Watt, who has three and a half sacks on the year, and they're a whole defense that has 15 total. So I think that's going to be the biggest part is Carson getting out of the pocket, being smart, getting rid of the ball, and the offensive line taking care of Carson in that sense. And then on the defensive side of the ball, I mean – it makes me nervous just because Ben is that experienced veteran that kind of just has those weapons that are good enough to get the job done. So I think we just need to put pressure on Ben. The linebackers need to stop the run, please stop the run. And then the secondary is just going to need to stop the connection between Ben and the receivers. So I'm saying it's going to be close. The Steelers have let up over 20 points each game, even though they haven't really played anybody. I think it's going to be messy but I do think that the Eagles will get the win. So I'm going to say 25-24 Eagles. Yeah, um, I, I totally agree with you there with what you said about the offense, especially. I need I, They need to continue with what went well last week. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of thing. Um, it took you three weeks to get to, you know, three weeks of crap to get to something successful. Um, I think they need to keep moving up tempo, moving Carson out of the pocket, utilize the strengths of what little you have available and not trying to force an issue with the weaknesses. I think that definitely getting another week in there of, um, you know, the same offensive line as the previous week. I think that will be helpful. Um, I thought the offensive line, you know, did a good job last week. Obviously, you know, the defensive line for the Steelers is their strong suit on the defensive side. So they're going to need to, you know, play another good game this week. Um, and I, I, I don't want to see any more of these stupid little gadget plays with Jalen Hurts with Carson Wentz on the field at the same time. They're obvious, they're stupid, and they need to stop. Um, also, you know, I, I, as much as we talked about how, you know, I love that Carson was still out there actually blocking and not just kind of running off to the side. At the end of the day, if he walks out of that with like, a sprained wrist or jammed your ankle some db gets like takes a shot for no reason like i'm i'm rioting so that needs to stop and then on the defensive side total agreement as well i mean the defense they're one of the top the steelers offense is one of the top offensive lines top 10 offensive lines in the nfl so the defense needs to you know work to get pressure but the back end is going to be what's the most important um Mm -hmm. you know the secondary really needs to execute to perfection this week. There's not going to be any time for missed assignments or something like that because Ben's the, you know, he's the guy who's going to exploit that. He's going to see it. He's going to exploit it. You're not playing Joe Burrow or Nick Mullins anymore. You know, like you're playing Ben Roethlisberger, a well-seasoned vet coming back from injury with something to prove after, you know, they thought, you know, there was a lot of talk about them moving on from Ben after, you know, last year. So they're going to need a big week from their corners and their safeties. And, you know, they're going, whether, no matter where they are playing, if they put Jalen back at safety um, or if he stays at court, whatever they do, they, they need to execute well and they don't have time to flounder about out there. So I agree with you. Close scoring game. I think it's going to be 21-17 Eagles. I like it. You brought up the, um, high power Steelers offensive line. 
And I just want to note, just to get us in our fields a little bit, they do have Stephen with or Stefan Wisniewski. Mm-hmm. How much that could have helped us, helped us, you know him? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, right? I can't. I can't. Yeah. Roster. I know him. Vitae, I mean, Vitae was, would have been stupid, but Wisniewski could have helped us a lot. I mean, Vitae would be pretty freaking useful right now with all the different injuries and the different spots that he's able I to. I know. If only we could have predicted it. Yeah. But we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to touch on some listener questions as well as what's going on around Philly. You're listening to The Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Welcome back into episode number 42 of Babes on Broad. We have some things going on around Philly. First off, in part, so sad to hear about Joel Embiid and Anna DePaula's dog, Claus the Process. He passed away because he was closing an elevator door and then had internal bleeding. They couldn't save him. And it is absolutely terrible. I could not even imagine. I can't. I can't even fathom. She posted it on her story today, which is Friday as we're recording. And it was so sad. She had posted a picture of him with a little um, banner, like bandana hanging on him. And it said, best big brother. Okay, you're going to make me cry. And then, yeah. you know, it got me in the feels, and I just couldn't imagine, and I'm so sorry to hear that for them. So RIP, Claus. And but on to good news is Matt Klintak. Well, I guess it's kind of good. Bye! He's not there making the top decisions anymore. Bad part about that is he's still in the organization, Jess. I don't understand why they feel the need to keep a spot for him in the organization when he's done nothing. It just proves that him and Middleton had that – weird connection and it's just went on too long and that's why he was even here when he was but there's no reason I mean the fact that they are where they are and they had to get rid of their GM and their biggest star is trying to bully upper management and literally like could 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 this be worse could this be well, and that's for the Phillies right now but and that's one thing like think Thankfully, Klintak is gone, but I don't know if it's too far gone with JT that we'll be able to get him back. And it's just so frustrating still, and I will forever not like that man if we don't or aren't able to get JT back. But, I mean, even John Middleton came out this week, earlier this week, and said that in in the beginning when they were considering trading Sixto and other players for JT – that he advised them to not do it unless they had future long-term plans with JT. And he even said, he was like, so well, I, I thought we were getting JT longer and I supposedly I was wrong. So even that just shows acceptable. they were like, that's not that's, acceptable. No. And I think like, at least if anything, at least it was this t- like tipping stone to get him out of here. Well, off of that position. But, man, like, if we don't get JT, Jess, I am just going to be so mad. And, I mean, I see other people like, oh, we should spend money getting a GM, a great GM. I forget the guy's name even because he's a GM. Who cares? You know what I mean? And they're saying spend the money on a GM instead of JT. And I just can't rationale that. I I just – to me – I I still think at this point the only way they don't get JT back – is if they don't try, because I still think, I think that, I think Bryce Harper would bully JT into signing the contract. Like I think. Okay, great. I think well, and that, and he has a great relationship with the players, obviously, but then also the wives. Like, I mean, I know I'm like in a little wag group myself, but like, I can tell you firsthand, that's like a big connection. 
You know what I mean? So like that has some pool and she has been at Bryce Harper's like baby shower for their new baby, like his wife's baby shower. And she's had sleepovers cause I follow her on everything. And she's always posting about how they're always together. So that could have some pool too. Yeah. So and they I, have girls, they might not want to move again. Yeah. So I think that if it, it like, I truly believe at this point that because JT was, had always talked about how he didn't want to talk about contract in season. Mm -hmm. So I just, is it disappointing that they don't have one done yet? Yes. But I don't think that he's totally lost at this point. I genuinely think that the only way he's lost is if the Phillies don't offer anything. You know what I mean? Like if the Yeah, but at the same – How that doesn't happen in my opinion. I agree. But at the same time, it just like – it worries me in the sense that like you – I mean, granted, Clintac's gone, so maybe he – disassociates that kind of bad blood with that, that they didn't offer him and made him go to arbitration and stuff. But I'm just nervous because he could have some kind of animosity against the team. And then when a team, yeah. And then when a team like the Yankees has all the money in the world and all these teams are going to be throwing probably more than the Phillies are going to be able to spend, like, or we're not able, but willing to spend. spend. Yeah. So like, that's what concerns me is like, have they, have they given him a reason besides Bryce and the teammates to be like, yeah, like I will take a little bit of a pay cut to come here. But, but that's exactly what I'm saying. Like the only way this doesn't get done is if it's the Phillies' fault. You know yeah, what I, mean? I agree. It doesn't have to be anyone else's fault other than the Phillies, and that's unacceptable True. at this point. Because, and we've talked about this before. Like we talk about the Zach Ertz thing, right? And it's like, you know, do I want them to sign Zach Ertz? Absolutely. But do I see the argument for the other side? Does the argument for the other side make sense? Yes. This is quite mm-hmm. literally the best catcher in baseball. The ar- there is no argument. Literally. Like, no. There is no argument from the other direction. Nothing else makes sense. Maybe Yachty a couple years ago, but now, right now, all around? No. no shot. All around? Yeah, no. I mean, it's embarrassing if you trade Sixto Sanchez, who, oh, by the way, by the Just way. Just say the stat. Say night, the stat. Last night in a playoff game, loaded the bases, no outs, threw five pitches over 100 miles per hour to escape with no runs. The Phillies, 28 pitchers, did not throw one single pitch at 100 miles per hour all season. There is no not reason, one! There's no reason that JT Romuto should not be a Philly for the rest of his career. And honestly, everyone should be fired and the team should be sold if he's not a Philly because it's embarrassing. It's I feel like Jack Black in School of Rock when he says his face is melting. Yes, that's me after I hear that stat. Just came out and had the mental stability to be like, okay, I need to step my, get my game on. You know what I mean? And just throw five pitches over 100 miles per hour like it's nothing. That's how good he is. And they're going to have him for 10 plus years now. And that could have been ours. Let him go. Yeah, they shouldn't. (laughs) Jeez. Yep. So that makes me want to die a little. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I, I just think that the Phillies are. As down as we were on the Sixers, they have made a perfect coaching hire. And I perfect. think it's be really exciting to see what happens. I still think that it's, you know, embarrassing that they haven't fired anybody from the front office, but that's neither here nor there. The Phillies are currently the laughing stock of their league and are currently the laughing stock of this city. And it is pathetic. They yeah, have not played a playoff game in nine years. Since Ryan Howard tore his Achilles, the Phillies have not played a playoff game. And it's just so brutal, man, especially like people our age. 
we grew up with all this excitement around the Phillies, like great franchise names. You know what I mean? Like when we were little, little, like Darren Dalton and Pat Burrell, and then you had Jay Roll and Chase Utley and Ryan Howard and just everybody, Cole Hamels. And then you had um, all those p- the pitchers. That, I'm blanking, but Roy all of them. Roy Oswald, Cliff Lee. Cliff Lee. That's who I was trying to think of that paused me on all of them. And yeah, and Halliday, all of like, you just had all that. And it was so exciting and it's so perfect. And then now it just dropped off and it's like brutal because I grew up on that and I loved it. And that's why like baseball was one of my favorite things in the world besides family ties to it. But like, and, and then it's just, it's just so disappointing. It hurts my heart so bad. Ugh. All right. Before we end this episode, we're going to stop being sad about the Phillies for a second. I know. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm party over here. I'm going to get to, to some listener questions really quick. So we have two questions, both from at Cali underscore dream. First one, could this offense take off with some offensive line continuity and Rager and Alshon eventually returning? I think so. I mean, I think if as long as Doug and Carson keep improving on what they showed last week, I think it's definitely huge when you start getting that chemistry on the O-line. And I mean, we saw Kelsey with a couple shaky snaps last week. So I think it's just like, if he starts to trust them more and they start to trust each other and Carson, I just think it all wraps into each other. So I think it'll definitely help that part. And then Rager, I think is going to be a big key to have back Alshon. I'm hoping is, but who really knows at this point with how Alshon is, but so that's my only thing, everything else. Yes. Alshon. And I hope. Yeah. I'm totally with the offensive line continuity. I think is huge. Yeah. Uh, I hope that Jalen Rager coming back helps and it's not, you know, doesn't interrupt kind of the way he started his rookie season too much. I think Alshon is completely irrelevant to be. Yeah. I think that neither here, like doesn't matter if he comes back. Doesn't matter if he doesn't. Yeah. I I mean, I don't, my thing about it is I don't see him having a different outcome than Deshaun's had so far. I feel like it's just having another Deshaun out there. And what has Deshaun done this season so far? You know, load managed. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, so mad about that. I'm still yeah. Mad. And imagine when Alshon comes back; he's not much younger, and he is coming off of a big injury. So I don't. Why wouldn't they loan manage him? I don't know. It's just it's not exciting to me for Alshon to come back, really. But and the last question: Does safety Will Parks returning make any difference on the defense, especially in the secondary? Um, I guess yeah. With Maddox out, and I don't know, maybe shift for, people. Yeah. Like for rotational purposes, maybe. Yeah. But I think I don't. I mean, I don't think it changes. I don't think it changes much about what you've got going on right now. I, just I agree. Hope they keep trending in the direction they are. I agree. Oh. Well, <laughs> that'll. Yeah, I hope the whole team keeps trending up. To be completely honest. Yeah. Right. But that will be the end of our episode for today. Thank you for listening to episode forty-two of Babes on Broad. Thank you as always to SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Make sure to subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts on Bleeding Green Nation. Leave a five-star rating, written review, the whole nine. We will be back, as Sam said, this week for our pregame show at 11.30. So don't forget to catch us live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Sam's Instagram as well. Until then, we have Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. Babes on Broad. BGN Radio.